0: Great to have you in class again today. And as usual, we will start our class out with some of the questions that you turned in. And I think it's worth always taking our time for this because it's important that we apply these biblical principles. Question number one What should I do about other children at school making fun of my daughter's looks and bringing her down? That's a great question. Uh, it's going to happen in every area of our children's lives and, and not just at school and uh, not just with regard to their looks. I mean, helping our children deal with people who pick on them and mistreat them, a- a- that's an important life lesson. And, and God's going to allow this to happen on many occasions so that we a- as parents can help our children through these situations. I mean, first, you know if you've succeeded in teaching your children a healthy view of themselves, then they know that their character and, and faithfulness are far more important than their external beauty. And if you've done that and done that well, this criticism will affect them less. It's still going to affect them, uh, but it'll just affect them less. You know, we can control whether we take care of ourselves or not, and we should. Uh, we should teach our children to uh, take care of themselves too. Uh, we can control whether we're people with character and faith, um, but we. You know, just honestly, we, we can't control whether we are physically attractive as people define attractive. Uh, what we taught our boys, and I recommend you teach, is you know, teach your children to pretend that what people say doesn't bother them. You know, I, I think we all understand that when someone's uh, picking on your child, if they realize that what they're doing bothers them, they're going to keep it up. A lot better chance of them stopping uh, if, you know, they don't feel like they're getting anywhere. Uh, remind them that uh, people make jokes like this in poor taste and don't really mean as much harm as uh, they feel by it and uh, as a parent you know what I would say to you is the bigger deal you make out of this uh, the bigger deal it will be to your children you know try to downplay it and uh, in their heart and mind that will help them too. Uh, Reinforce with them the important thing is not whether You know, this world finds them attractive, but rather that they live a life that pleases God and fulfills God's purpose for their life. You know, uh, I would not recommend calling the teacher or the principal or the other child's parent uh, unless the problem is really, really severe. Now, it does happen, and if the problem is very severe, then you should get involved in some way. But you getting directly involved, uh, it should be a last resort uh... instead of a first response and uh... certainly should not be occurring over you know just childish uh... things uh... question two uh... did you allow your kids to go into sex ed classes at school um, i don't know if you know or not i mean basically our children were in a uh... A good private conservative christian school uh, our oldest son was there uh, k through six our middle son, uh, K through five, and our youngest son, uh, K through uh, three, and then in our particular case, um, we felt like God had called us into the ministry. We had to make a choice. You know, uh, Sharon would have had to have gone back to work in order to pay the tuition, and for us and our situation and our public school and our boys and and Sharon, uh, we really felt like the best choice for us was to go into the the public school where our our boys were. Um, I think when you take your kids out of stuff, there's a couple things you have to think of. It's not just, I don't want my kid exposed to that. Sometimes you do that. Um, When it comes to this issue of sex education, uh, Sharon and I, we wanted to be the ones to tell them about that. And, uh, I mean, what I did is uh, there's a book by James Dobson. I think it's in our bookstore uh, about, you know, reaching adolescence. And I went to, uh, I think, three different uh, parents who had, uh, I felt like they handled their children well and had been through this. I asked them what they did, you know, spent some time praying and thinking about it, and um, basically wrote up a plan of what I was going to talk about and uh... Asked Sharon if she wanted to go and she didn't want to come along and uh... you know had to talk with them now with two of them i, I think we you know got uh... to them before they knew much of anything uh... one of our boys i, I think uh... You know, knew some of that stuff certainly not all of it but um, if our boys would have had that in in school i don't really remember if they did or didn't we probably would have not taken them out of class You know, we would have just addressed those issues and what they were being taught and uh, compared what they were being taught to, you know, the Bible's view of those things. I mean, you might disagree with all that, but, you know, your question was, did you allow your kids to go to sex ed classes? And so because uh, I don't ever remember pulling them out of any of their public school classes, you know, they, they would have had that there. And, you know, we taught them other things from home. Uh, question number three, uh, is it possible to tell your children they are pretty and or handsome too frequently? <laughs> Absolutely yes. You know, we should be working to help our children have confidence in their appearance, but not be focused on their beauty. I mean, I think most of us know Proverbs 31:30. 30, uh you know, says a favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You know, the more we help our children build their self-image on their faithfulness, their effort, their character, uh, what God thinks of them, uh, instead of their outward appearance, the, the more we do that, the better we do that, the better off uh, they will be, you know, because they will then have uh, way more control over their self-image. And you don't want your child's self-image in the hands of our culture or anybody other than uh, themselves and God. Uh, you know everybody. Uh, I've done a lot of counseling. Everybody has body image issues, uh, and people have them because they compare themselves to, I mean, all the people on on television who are, you know, from the most beautiful people and are uh, everywhere who have, in most cases, nothing else to do, you know, other than to take care of themselves with the best makeup artists and the best uh, photo doctors and all that stuff, and so, I mean. People have bad body images because they're comparing themselves to unrealistic people. Uh, But just helping our children become comfortable in their own skin. You know, it's one of the best things you can do for them. And unfortunately, uh, uh, some adults don't get to that place, and uh, it hurts them all their life. Question number four. Uh, Since the Baptist culture generally discourages dancing, what is your opinion of putting your daughter in ballet. Uh, the main issue uh, should not be Baptist culture. Uh, the main issue should be uh, what does our creator say? Uh, it's obvious uh, if you know anything about the Bible that not all dancing is bad. I mean some kinds of cultural dancing they were practiced uh, by the Jews and and even godly Jews at, at times and it's spoken spoken of positively but Jewish cultural dancing, has nothing in common with the sensual dancing of mainstream American culture. See, the issue uh, with you and your daughter ought to always be immodesty, uh, shaping the musical tastes of your daughter, uh, the people who will be influencing her, uh, how the dance encourages her to move her body. I mean every married woman here you understand that the way you sit, the way you move your body it affects men in a way it just doesn't affect most women uh, i would never put my son in dance any more than i would put my daughter in football or wrestling uh... you know but the way gymnasts and ballet and tap dancers use their body it is it's very different from most dance clubs that are trying to encourage uh... little girls to learn to move their body in sensual ways and if you can't see that uh... you you have your head in the sand uh... i get that some little girl doesn't understand how she's moving her body but you do and and so why why would you put her in that situation uh... i personally have no issue with ballet or tap dancing in moderation for a daughter uh, but I would, you know, just to be honest with you, I'd personally prefer soccer or basketball or volleyball or track to, to uh, either one of those uh, uh, dancing uh, things. Uh, some interesting but not always serious quotes. Uh, number one, uh, never raise your hand to your kids. Uh, it leaves your groin unprotected. Uh, number two, uh, don't worry about your children not listening to you as much as you worry about them always watching you. Uh, number three, it's easier to have opinions about how others should raise their children than to parent your own children. Uh, a couple of thoughts to ponder, things to think about as, as a parent. Number one, there's a reason God made human children dependent on their parents longer than any other creature. And I know I keep repeating that thought, but I really want it to get into your head that, you know, you have a long time by the grace of God, to work on these issues, and some of these issues, you know, they're not light switch issues. You've got time to work on them. Uh, number two, I'll uh, make God and His Word the primary authority uh, anywhere God's Word speaks. Uh, number three, uh, children need to have you as their friend, but they need you to be their parent and an adult even more. Uh, today, we are on week ten of the twelve weeks together that I have planned on this subject of uh, parenting. I don't have all the answers. I tell you that all the time. I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. Uh, I want to help you. Uh, and I'm glad that you're here uh, for that. And as always, you know, we begin all these parenting issues with the Bible. Uh, we begin with the Bible because God really does know more than we do about what will produce a better life for our child. Uh, and we started two weeks ago. Uh, talking about training and building character into our children remember character is what you are reputation is what others think that you are or perceive you to be remember if anybody has good character their reputation will eventually take care of itself if a per- person has good character they'll eventually do what they're supposed to do um, as parents uh, I think when we think about what character and reputation are <coughs> excuse me it is easy to understand stand why we need to focus on the character of our children more than uh, their reputation character is learned behavior it is different from talent it is different from faith it is different from a natural gift or spiritual gift uh, character is learned behavior and we greatly help our children for their future by training them to become people with good character. Which gets us to our basic question, what, what kind of character attributes should I train in my children and, and, and try to model myself? Uh, remember, two weeks ago, we began talking about uh, training uh, our children to identify with a gender that, that God chose for them. L- last week, we started talking about the importance of helping our children have a healthy self, self-image. I mean, many adults, and some of you here, you struggle still because you don't have a healthy view of yourself. I'm not talking about some prideful self-esteem like our culture defines self-esteem. I'm I'm not talking about some kind of false foundation that causes you to uh, need to win at everything to have any value. I'm talking about having the right balance of confidence and humility. Remember, and I know I keep making this statement, I want it to uh, be embedded deeply in your heart. It is not the person with the most confidence who succeeds. It is the person with the most realistic assessment of their strengths and weaknesses that succeeds. You see, if somebody understands what their weaknesses are, they work on them. And if they understand what their strengths are, they know where to apply them and where to Watch out for their strength, getting the best of them in some way. And so we get to our lesson today, some other character attributes to uh, learn and teach our children. Uh, turn, if you would, please, in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6. We begin, in, as we do so often in this class, in the book of the wisdom of God and uh, so much of the book of Proverbs is actually a, a father trying to teach his own son. Uh, in fact, the phrase, my son, it, it occurs 23 times uh, in this book. And um, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Notice, Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Turn up a few pages, chapter 13, verse 18. Chapter 13, verse 18. It says poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Nobody here wants poverty and shame for yourself or your children. That happens when you refuse instruction. And everybody wants honor. Both for ourselves and our children in in order to have that, you need to regard reproof. Turn up another page or so to chapter 15, verse 5. It says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Same kind of admonition to uh, listen to reproof. And it's foolish to ignore the instruction of a, of a parent that loves you and Uh, knows something about life and about God. Verse 10 of chapter 15. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. He that hateth reproof shall die. Look at verse 31 and 32 in the same chapter. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Now, we... Could read a lot of other verses together from Proverbs, but it is a recurring theme in this book uh, that is really designed to impart the wisdom of God to us, that uh, learning to have a willingness to listen, uh, to take instruction, is one of the greatest gifts that we give our children and one of the best things to embrace for ourselves. You ever know uh, any adults, They, they were just too stubborn to listen to anybody or anything, You know, people who refuse to listen to anybody, they rarely accomplish much in life. They rarely accomplish much for Christ. In fact, they generally live a painful life because learning all of life's lessons the hard way, that's painful. See, if our children refuse to hear instruction, then they will make all the mistakes in life themselves, and they'll have a very painful life. And none of us want that for for our kids. Now, when it comes to teaching our children to receive instruction and and admonition, uh, some uh, children, they learn this lesson much more easily than others. Uh, Now, you and I, as parents, we can't change how quickly they learn this, but we can change how diligently we model this and attempt to teach them this. You see, not listening to reproof, it's a great enemy of all self-improvement, of repentance, of positive changes in in, in growth. Uh, most people, uh, have you ever stopped to think about this? There, most people know something in some area of life that you don't know. What that means is there are things we can learn from everybody and we need to not be too proud to ask and, and to listen and to teach our children this. You see, Reproof and instruction, I believe God intended for our children to come from, from more than just us as parents. If you're parenting on an island and you feel like you are the only authority they need and you uh, have the answers to everything, I, I just think that's unwise and short-sighted. I, I mean, I believe God gave uh, children principals and teachers and pastors and Sunday school teachers and children's church teachers and youth leaders and grandparents and and coaches. I think all those people are in their life in addition to us to to help them. And and it's just real easy as a parent to be too proud to admit that, you know, somebody might know something more about some area of life or situation than we do. And if we have that attitude ourselves, we're going to end up shutting out all of the other people God would use to help you and... Help our children. Uh, Instead of that attitude, why don't we thank God for godly grandparents if they have them. Uh, Thank God for nursery workers and Sunday school teachers and children's church workers and youth leaders and coaches and, and anybody that's in our children's circle who is telling them the things they need to hear, reinforcing what they're hearing from us as their parents. Say, Brother Wally, how can I teach uh, my children to receive instruction and in admonition. How can I teach that? Uh, how about this? Let them see you uh, seek and listen to wise counsel and hear instruction. You know, if you don't hear instruction and you don't seek wise counsel, why would they ever do so? Uh, uh, let them see you uh, hear reproof and be corrected. Do you ever go to the altar to pray? Do you do you ever uh, let it, uh, some word from from the man of God, do you ever let it correct you? Uh, teach them that someone asking a question is not most often a challenge. You know, as I deal with, with people, one of the things I've noticed is there, there are a lot of people, if you just simply ask them any kind of a question about what they're doing or, or what happened, they immediately are on the offensive. They've never learned that, you know, most questions are just honest questions. Teach them that. Model that. Uh, stop finding fault with the messenger who brings the truth to you. Just listen to the message. Well, I didn't like that preacher, he was too loud. I didn't like the way they said that. Now, okay, that, that's fine, and I'm, you may or may not even be right, but w- what is the truth? And Let yourself be admonished by the truth regardless of how the message is carried. Uh, how about this? How about let them correct you at times when it's appropriate? Listen, over the course of years as you parent your children, there are going to be times when you're wrong. Admit you're wrong when it's true. Apologize to them. I couldn't tell you how many times over the years that that, that I had to do that. And, and your children need to see that. You're building in them a, a teachable spirit, a humble spirit. Uh, when they listen and follow good advice, uh, compliment them. Point out times when You know, they listened to somebody's advice and it worked out good. Point out times when they ignored what they had been taught and how it hurt them. You know, teach them. You've got a lot of time to do it. See, listening to instruction and and admonition, it's not a gift from God. It's a choice. It's part of our character. It is learned behavior. Say, Brother Wally, what other character attributes uh, can I learn uh, and teach Uh, our children. Uh, Turn next, please, if you would, to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Notice in Romans chapter 14, verse 12, says, So then every one of us should give account of himself to God. See, our second thing is teach them to be responsible for their choices and hold them responsible whenever possible. Notice here in this verse, we're taught that though God has made all of us free to make our own choices, in the end, God is going to hold us responsible uh, for everything we choose. Go back in your Bible to Deuteronomy 24. It's not just the teaching of the New Testament. It's the teaching of all of the scriptures. (laughs) And in fact, anybody who's sensible, who looks around at culture and, and people who uh, do better in life than others, I mean, one of the character attributes you find about people that do better is they've learned to be responsible and to take responsibility for their decisions. Notice in Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 16, says, "...the fathers shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers." Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. You know, God, he teaches the nation of Israel here, listen, I I want you to hold people individually responsible for what they do. I I don't want you killing parents for what uh, their uh, children did, and I don't want you killing children for what the adults did. Everybody's responsible for their own choices. You know, God gave us freedom to choose, choose what we believe, choose how we will live. And in the end, he will hold us all accountable. I don't think it surprises anybody when I make the statement that we live in a culture that is becoming increasingly irresponsible. Most people blame everything on someone else. See, taking responsibility for what we say and and do and fail to say and do, it is an important part of becoming a functional adult. Uh, You ever know anybody who was old enough to be an adult but never really functional because they never became responsible? I mean, there are adult-aged people all over the place who blame everything they do or fail to do on someone else how they were raised, the neighborhood they grew up in, uh, why they failed, why they said what they said. Uh, That is the opposite of taking personal responsibility. In fact, as a parent, when it comes to teaching our children to become responsible, one of the worst things we can do is to bail our children out of every bit of trouble they get themselves into. Uh, Listen, if you keep bailing your kids out when they do really really dumb stuff you know there's gonna come a time when you won't be able to bail them out anymore and by the time they're older the things they will have done uh, will have a far more painful consequences and far better to learn this lesson when they're younger and the consequences are less severe and not as lasting you know they get themselves in some kind of a mess you know let them take responsibility mean you're basically just teaching them this biblical principle i mean whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap even our culture you know recognizes that you know this is true i mean they say i think what comes around goes around or something like that but it's a a parroting of of, uh, that bible principle Uh, many years ago uh, when i was i guess i was probably in my late 20s the pastor of our old church asked me to do a Sunday night series on parenting. And um, one of the things that, that I did in preparing for the series is I had a big list of questions, and I had, I guess it was probably about five families, if I'm remembering right, who uh, either their children were young uh, adults or older teens. And, you know, it was just real obvious by their product that. You know, they were really, really trying to parent their children well, and I gave each of them this series of questions, and uh, here's one of the things one of those parents said, and I quote them. Here it is. Uh, The biggest mistake I think parents make is not being able to see their child's weaknesses and to overprotect their child. I think it's my responsibility to correct my child's mistakes and to help them to understand the tendencies they may have to fail. It is not my job to change the world for my child, but to help my child survive in a world that will never be fair. Wow, now there's a lot of wisdom there. See, teach your children that life isn't filled with people who owe them a living and and owe them all the luxuries of life. I, I get that that's a political tactic, Uh, But if you know anything about our world and history, I mean, you know that socialism and communism, I mean, they have failed every time where they have been tried. And and yet, uh, people still continually try to force responsible people to pay for irresponsible and lazy people. I mean, what happens, and it's happening now. I mean, some people, they just quit Trying. You know, people who think the world owes them a living, I mean, that philosophy, that idea has destroyed whole segments of our society. Make sure, I mean, you are not putting that in your child's mind and heart. Say, Brother Wally, how, how can I teach my children to take responsibility for their choices? How about this? Uh, don't let them blame their teachers, coaches, and friends for their choices. Hold them responsible for what they choose. Uh, hold them responsible for what they do, what they fail to do, what they say, what they fail to say. They choose. Now, you may privately think uh, some teacher or coach, you know, isn't really what they should be, and, and at the end of the season go to a different team or be glad your child is a different teacher, but, but don't let them use that as an excuse. Help them learn to face those kinds of things and still do what's right and overcome the situation. How about this? How about letting them see you take responsibility for the things you do and say? You know, it, they listen to who you blame for what you do and who you blame for what you fail to do. Just don't accept them blaming someone else for their failures. Hold them responsible. Hold them responsible for the grades they get from teachers they don't like. Uh, you, you know, some teachers aren't as good as others. Uh, Most all of us here, I I won't ask you to lift your hand, but if I said lift your hand, if you've ever had a bad boss that you had to work for or bad co-workers who didn't pull their weight that you had to work with, I mean, every hand would go up. I mean, it is a life lesson to learn how to handle those situations. This is a teachable moment for your kids. I mean, hold them responsible for how they respond to uh, what people said and did to them, even if they were tired. You know, it's just unacceptable as a Christian to hate someone because they hated you first. To cuss at someone because they cussed at you first. To mistreat somebody because you're tired. You know what? Uh, Our children need to learn very, very young. You know what? When you're tired, you just need to learn to keep your mouth shut because you're going to say something you shouldn't say. It's learned behavior. It's part of character. Uh, When you see them, take responsibility. Uh, Compliment them. I mean, notice when when they uh, keep their mouth under control and someone else is not under control. You know, it's hard to do. Just notice, compliment them. That'll, that'll mean a lot to them. I, I hope as I talk about this and these things just in general, you begin to see this basic pattern. You and I choose what we do and don't do and say and don't say. We, we just choose from our heart. What I say and do, it, it's... N- literally is not because someone else said something or did something. It's my choice. I get what other people do makes it easier or harder to make good choices. I get that. But in the end, it's my choice. See, Brother Wally, how can I teach my children to be responsible? How about this? As they get older, increase their responsibilities in the home. Now, from the time your children are real young, you ought to give some Age-appropriate uh, responsibility to them. Uh, increase those as they get older. How about this? Increase their privileges when you increase their responsibility. Say, why should I do that? Um, that's the way life works. You know, teach them that. See, it's hard sometimes for us as parents. We, we've only known them as children. <laughs> it, it's hard for us to uh, let them grow up and and be. Uh, away from us. I mean, that's a normal battle we had. It's difficult for us to submit ourselves to this process of letting our children become independent and self-sufficient people. Like, at one time we wanted for ourselves, we have to yield to that process for their own good. How about this? Make a big deal about being trusted. You know, when they earn trust, give them more trust. And when they betray trust, take it away. Talk all the time about the value of being trusted and the pain of betraying trust. Uh, Make being trusted a valuable thing, something to be earned and sought after. Teach them that over and over and over again through life. Teach them that their word and the commitments they make are, are something that you keep, even when you don't feel like keeping them. I mean, teach them. Show up in time because it's time to show up. Teach them, do what you promise uh, when it's not easy to do. See, we admire that kind of character quality in, in other people. Uh, but somehow we failed to try to build it in ourselves and in our own children. See, accepting responsibility is not a gift of God. It's a choice. It is learned behavior. It is a part of godly character to build in ourselves and in the lives you know, of our children. Then, lastly, uh, this morning, go in your Bible to Colossians, uh, chapter, uh, three. Colossians uh, chapter three. Colossians chapter three. See, I got to get there myself. Uh, Colossians chapter three. Colossians three, verse twenty-three. And I've got these verses highlighted in my Bible. I think this is a great biblical principle for for life and again you've heard me say this so many many times we get eternal life by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ we live a fulfilled life and a blessed life by living the way God has taught us to live and unfortunately a lot of people will live forever because they have faith in Jesus Christ but their life here is basically going to be one mess after the other because they never choose to live how God taught us to live Here's a life principle. Colossians 3:23. 23. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Here's number three uh, teach them to pursue personal excellence <laughs> and just to accept whatever victories or losses come with giving your best. See, we learn here that whatever we we're do, we're, we're supposed to do it hardly, and we really aren't doing it to win. Uh, we're not doing it to make more money. We're not doing it to be promoted. We're, we're doing it as to the Lord and not unto men. Because in the end, it is the Lord uh, from whom we receive the reward of the inheritance. And it is the Lord Christ that we actually serve. You know, if I was making... Um, a general observation about biblical Christianity, one of the observations I would make is that mediocrity and complacency are are just too easily accepted. You know, salvation, it is completely, 100%, it is the grace of God, it is His gift. But life and relationships and ministry, uh, they're the product of our work with the blessing and grace of God uh, upon it. I don't know, you probably remember the story. It's a pretty familiar one. Jesus was sitting outside the temple there in Jerusalem and watching the money, uh, people put uh, money in the offering. And he saw a widow put in two mites. And he made this observation uh, in, in Mark 12. He said, she hath cast more in than all they. See, that's, that's a Bible principle. Here, here it is. God values what we do and give at what it costs us not how it compares to what others do and give. I mean, suppose uh, your family has a Christmas gift exchange and one family has a family income of $100,000 and the other family has a a family income of $40,000 and the gift exchange limit is $30 per gift. Let me ask you, is that $30 on the gift that each family spends on someone else? Is it the same thing? I mean, I think all of us understand it. You don't know uh, that $30 means a lot more to that family making 40000 than it does to the family making 100000 oh, By the way, I recommend you participate as joyfully as possible. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm, I'm just saying, that's what happened when Jesus evaluated this financial gift by this widow. You know, what she put in, Because it was very sacrificial for her, even though the amount was a lot less, it was bigger and more than other bigger offerings. Now this truth applies to money. It applies to time. I mean, one hour of time uh, working for God means more from someone who's working 60 hours a week than someone working 20. Uh, This truth applies to the way we give ourselves in service uh, for Christ. I mean, for instance, I mean, one person giving their all may appear to be less than someone else who is only working to part of their ability. See, God is looking for our best regardless of how it compares to others. I mean, this is an important lesson. And by and large, in my opinion, I don't believe most people have any idea what they're really capable of. And most people, they think uh, or they would say they're given their best when they really underestimate what they're capable of. I hope you understand me. We can't control whether we win, though. Uh, I mean, if you know me, uh, you know I love to win. Uh, but we can control if we practice hard and compete at our best level. We can't control whether a test is valued as an A. We can only control that we gave our best to prepare. See, When we handle our children, I mean, grades at school and tests, they need to be honestly compared with a child's abilities rather than their siblings or their friends. And I just caution you, be careful as a parent that you don't define best effort much lower than someone who is not their parent. Now, I personally believe this is a big problem in our culture, too. You know, many people, they've just never been around uh, someone who is actually diligent and, and someone who is actually faithful. I mean, literally, the most diligent person they know is somebody who works 40 hours a week and then comes home and plops himself down on the Lazy Boy and doesn't do anything else. I mean, literally, the most faithful person they know is someone who occasionally shows up to church, you know, for an hour a week, now and again. They, They have no idea. They've never been around anyone who is really giving their best Uh, to be diligent and really giving their best to follow Jesus and and they have no idea what that even looks like Uh, we can't control whether our boss promotes us, we can control whether we give our best as an employee say brother Wally how, how can I teach personal excellence to my children I mean obviously like nearly all these things you need to start by modeling it yourself I mean, be someone who puts their best effort in whatever you do. I mean, if you're a stay-at-home mom, let your children see you get out of bed early, let them see you work all day instead of uh, being on Facebook and uh, the television hour after hour after hour. Let them see you giving your best to what you're doing. Uh, Let them see you giving your best to be a good spouse, a committed employee, a, a faithful Christian. They'll come to realize eventually, whether you're really giving your best or or not. How about this? Have high expectations for their effort in schoolwork instead of excusing bad schoolwork because you struggled in school. You know, when they're doing something around the house, don't don't let them get by with sloppy work. If they do sloppy work, make them do it over. You know, too often, we... Compare them with their siblings or compare them with their friends and and we let our kids get by with something short of personal excellence. This is not good for them. That's not good character. Help them learn to be comfortable with what their best uh, produces. You know, find areas where God has gifted them to excel. Uh, They have an area like that. Help them find that. See, Personal excellence, of course, I mean, it doesn't supersede the most basic requirement to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and might and strength. Uh, But you know what? There's no reason we can't do both. It's a shame to me that Christianity is often synonymous with somebody who doesn't do anything else in life well. I mean, there's no reason for Christianity to be synonymous with somebody who has no commitment to anything but the church. Listen, it is okay for you and your children to make something out of themselves in life if God gave you the ability for that. It's just that we must keep Christ first while we pursue excellence with the gifts that he gave us. I remember, I mean, this is years ago now. I was in the Christian school, and our oldest son, I think he was in third grade, might have been fourth, but they had a parent-teacher meeting, and... I should have known something was up, but, you know, I'm kind of a uh, sort of a person that a lot of times is clueless. I should have known something was up when the principal was in there with the teacher and that all these other parents were in there at the parent-teacher meeting, which, you know, that like never happened. And the meeting began. The the principal started with prayer, and he said, I know why you're all here. I know a lot of you are upset, and I was just clueless. I didn't know anything about it and he said I know you're upset about the math homework and uh, that your kids are having a lot of math homework and I just wanted you to know we put in place a new math program this year and it is more difficult but it will help your children be better students in math and uh, you know someday uh... that will help them and I mean parent after parent they lifted their hand and they griped about the program and they griped about the math homework and The guy next to me, he lifted his hand, they called on him, and he said, and I'll never forget it, and I forget lots of things, but here's what he said, he says, you know what, I didn't have all that math homework, and I turned out all right, and I just had had enough, and so I lifted my hand, and he called on me, and I said, I just want to thank you for upgrading the math homework, and giving the students harder math, because someday, you know, our son is going to have to compete in math against kids who'd had more difficult math programs. And I just want to thank you for making it difficult so my son has a better chance to compete. And honestly, you would have thought in that room of Christian people that I had three eyes. I mean, literally, there was not one other person who thought it was a good idea for their children to have a more rigorous math program. And it's sad, but it's accurate that in Christian circles, this whole idea of pursuing personal excellence, it is is just a foreign concept, and it should not be. We need to teach our children to pursue personal excellence. Personal excellence is not a gift of God. It's a choice we make, and it's something we teach our children to do, it is part of our character. I'm out of time. I've got to stop. So uh, any questions you have, just write them down on that little piece of paper I gave you and, and go ahead and, and turn them in. Uh, God bless you. You're dismissed.